In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. came up with this week's question a while ago because I was thinking about it like as the because it's the whole premise of the show we're talking about this week Amy which is if you got your memory wiped oh god do you think that it would mean that you'd when you like come to consciousness again do you think you would have a totally different personality Oh, Jesus. Um, I'd like to think no, but maybe. I mean, I don't, like, what is a human set point? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Um, would I be a baby again? No, no, you're not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> am I reborn? This, uh, it, am I a born again Christian? we're not talking... <laughs> We're not doing a show about babies in the future. We're not doing that this week. Um, no, you're not a baby. You're still you at your exact same age and, like, moment in time. But, but like, I have zero memories. Right. I don't, I would or think, I, guess not, I feel like, I, guess I feel like a personality. Totally zero. I yeah. Like, you have memories about, like, you would know how to make coffee or you, like, that. Oh, I you don't know, know how to make coffee, so. Well, um, whatever. Things, like. Physical things, things that I that know are not, how I do. Yeah, not personality trait things, but like I feel like how- your personality would be the same. I feel like because oh god, I feel like this could go down a rabbit hole, but I feel like okay, so memory wiped. I think I would be baseline more angry. I'll say that because <laughs> I think be, knowing that my memory had been wiped, I'd be angry about that. I'd be frustrated about that. Sure. Um so for that reason, maybe a touch more anger. But I do think people's personalities are sort of like hardwired into them, right? Like if someone is evil, they're evil. If someone mm-hmm. is selfish, they're, you know what I mean? I think that stuff is all in there and yeah. would probably remain the same. But what do I know? I'm not a scientist. I mean, I'm not sure science, I know for a fact scientists don't have the answer to this question any yeah. more than anyone else would. I guess. But, I mean, I'm kind of like, yeah, there are certain maybe, like, factory settings that each person has when they're born. Yeah. Um, which effectively, you would come out having those after this memory wipe because again we are not talking about babies but I would be a baby (laughs) no you're not a baby um but so if my memory what you're telling me is if my memory is wiped I would I would be like goo goo gaga 
No, I am abs- <laughs> I am saying absolutely the opposite of that. Not anyway, that. I don't. Okay, <laughs> I think my my succinct answer to your question is no. I don't think my personality would be different other than a little more a little heightened baseline of anger okay that's interesting because this week's show very Mm. much posits the opposite that a memory wipe will 100% change like fundamental aspects of who you are See, I did not even get that from watching this show. Well, that it doesn't come out as much in this episode as the series as a whole. So let's just get to it. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And this is See You Next Week in Space, which I realized, um, I think I forgot to introduce us last week (laughs) entirely. Everybody, hey, if you listened last week, it was See You Next Week in Space. Same deal. (laughs) Um... I was so excited to talk about multiplicity last week. I forgot to introduce. Get it? I get it. Um, I was this week. Bummed. I'm not I as was, excited. I was bummed to be back in space. Let me just tell you, um, <laughs> I we had, had a nice I respite. Per- I did it on purpose. I'm sorry. We had, Amy. we had a nice respite. I would say a good, maybe solid two months. Even, At least it was a of, long time of some nice, you know, dinosaur content. Some yep. nice. 80s content all on earth all earth based i was yep not an alien oh no there was out there was some aliens but no alien what mouth no ships no gray ships oh yeah Um, there was a bunch of that in this one i don't care for it and i was not here for it (laughs) i am not surprised um but why don't you tell everyone what tv series we're talking about today so we were talking, or we are talking about Dark Matter, which ran, I suppose, on like the Sci Fi Network or something like that yep. from 2015 to 2017. Specifically, we are talking about uh, season one, episode seven, from the 24th of July, 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I will say I looked at this on wikipedia and the genre is (laughs) listed as space opera so i can only assume that means a soap opera in space yeah like an epic story actually i'll just click on space opera to see what wikipedia wikipedia describes as that um so according to wikipedia a space opera why am I having trouble speaking? Space Africa. I like a space. It should be called Space Africa. Uh, I was thinking, I guess, of Caprica, which is another oh. sci-fi series that I may force you to watch at some point. I think we've um, watched it already. Let's not. We have not. I guarantee we haven't. Um, I feel like we have. So a space opera is a subgenre of science fiction, well, we know that, that emphasizes and is part of the general thematic genre, science fictional space warfare, with use of melodramatic risk-taking space adventures and chivalric romance. Okay. What? Um, (laughs) I don't know if I followed that. I don't know if that helped me, but fine. Basically what they're saying is that it's an epic story that usually involves kind of like big like macro stories, like big conflicts that are like galaxy wide, right? Yeah. And then you focus on one set of characters 
who are part of that larger kind of um, macro story, but you're mostly following their specific kind of interactions and like not just chivalric romance, but like all the stuff that you see in any epic saga where it's like the star-crossed lovers and the paladin and the magician guy, like, and all, you know. Um, in yeah. fact, I'm sorry to say, per what we were talking about before recording, it's a bit like fantasy in space, basically. Yeah, although it wasn't... This wasn't, doesn't have as much... This episode was very self-contained, which I was yeah. pleased about. Um, and I think... Like, and again, I watched the pilot episode of this just to have a little bit more grounding in what yeah. the general story was. Um, and so what I would say is that the the big, like, galactic space conflict in the background of this, as far as I was able to deduce, um, is that we're living in a future. So I'll say that first. This is, um according to IMDb, happening in the dystopian 27th century. Yeah. So very far future. And um, the conflict, as far as I was able to surmise, is that in this far future, the galaxy is run by supermassive business conglomerates. Hmm. Doesn't and sound that different. <laughs> no, it's just happening on an even larger scale yeah. Than what we have now on the one planet of Earth. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as we know, it's only on the one planet of Earth. Oh, good God. Here we go. <laughs> well, talk to Elon Musk. He's been to space. Yeah, I'm sorry. We don't need to go deep into weird tinfoil hat talk um, <laughs> less than 10 minutes in to the show. We don't need yeah, to. Yeah, we can. We'll save it. Um, but so that's like. My, my Anyway, my take is that's the background, is this conflict between the different conglomerates and maybe there's a conspiracy or whatever. And then we're focusing on this one crew of people who, again, according to the IMDb description, six people wake up on a deserted spaceship with no memory of who they are or what they're doing there. Um, they reluctantly team up and set off to find answers with the help of a female android. Um, and you are correct, Amy, this was a sci-fi show, um, mm -hmm. and it's actually based on a comic book of the same name, which is to say Dark Matter. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't very much information on this show out there, as, which I was a bit surprised by, um, especially so because this particular show, when it premiered, got a very loyal fan base, which I assume was at least probably partially driven by the comic book. Like, people from yeah. the comic book came to the show. But then also, like, I'm someone who is very much aware that quite a lot of science fiction, like, properties that I like have comic book, like, ancestors. But yeah. it's never made me want to do comic books. So... Fair. Um, mainly because... Like, it's hard enough to keep up with all the content that there is in the world these days. For God's sake. And if, and if you add comics to the mix, it's like, fuck, give no, up your life. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, because there's too, there's too many, and they've all, they're all, the popular ones are super long-running, and it's right. like, you have 50 comic books to read, and it's like, right. no thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, you know, there's some built-in audience from the comic book appreciators, yeah. but then also plenty of people, I'm sure, who just liked the show anyway. Yeah. Um, the thing that I do find a bit unfortunate is that, so, um... At this point, when this was coming out in 2015, sci-fi had had real success with a number of their, like, original programming that they developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, kind of was all wrapping up around 2009 to 2011. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually have a memory of this because that was when I actually still watched cable television. And I liked a lot of that, that first wave of stuff that, they, that sci-fi did. Um, Does sci-fi have a streaming platform of some kind? They must. They must. Hmm. Um, Anyway. But, so they had had this really kind of, and actually I would say sci-fi was probably one of the first cable channels that started doing those experiments of original programming. Programming. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I have this feeling it's like sci-fi and USA were like the two (laughs) where they were like dabbling in that, early yeah um and so sci-fi had this good crop of shows that were all kind of concluding in the early 2010s and then they were like okay so now we'll do another wave and that second wave of shows was a lot grittier from my Mm. recollection um because the first wave were a little bit more kooky i not all of them but a lot of them were um and so this is part of that second wave of attempts to try and find something new um Mm. and unfortunately even though this show was really really popular it ended up being canceled after the third season even though it was doing it was like one of the best performing original shows on sci-fi but the reason that well i know the reason which is that um and this will feed in nicely to our talk about the cast um so this show was originally produced in Canada mm-hmm. um, for a, what I have to assume is a kind of a similar entity to sci-fi, but a Canadian version called Space. Um, okay. And so because the property was originally tied to this other production company, mm-hmm. sci-fi was only able to like keep the thing running. They weren't able to turn it into like a franchise of their own that they could monetize and like develop, mm. you know, like additional merchandise or additional other stuff around it. Yeah. Um, and so basically the deciders at sci-fi were like, even though the show's doing really well, there's only like so much money we will ever be able to make off this thing. Oh, and so that we're going to cut it to try and work on the, sh- the shows that we a hundred percent control. Oh, wow, that really blows. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have to assume that for the people who really love this show, that was a real blow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so then let's turn to the cast because because this is a Canadian production company, everyone in the cast, with the exception of one person, is from Canada. So um, I actually recognize Go a number of them. Yeah, I recognize a number of them because I do watch some All Canadian shows. Well, yes, oh. sci-fi in particular also did a lot of stuff. Canadian of filming stuff, in Canada, I feel like. yeah, and yeah. Um, so I recognized quite a lot of these people from other things. Um, now let's just kick off with 
the first person listed on the IMDb cast list. This isn't a joke. Their name is One in the show. I appreciate that they do it in order that way. <laughs> and One is played by an actor named Mark Ben David, who was 33 when this episode aired. Um, he, and so because, I should say as well, because all of these people are Canadian, um, most of their credits are Canadian shows, so I didn't recognize a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but I, a lot of the actors still looked fairly recognizable to me anyway. Hmm. Um, so this guy, uh, Mark Ben David, was in a kind of semi-recent TV movie rendering of a new Anne of Green Gables. Hmm. Um, and then he was also in some episodes of The Next Generation of Degrassi High. Huh. Um, and then this was something that I had forgotten I used to do more of, was looking at different credits and then just looking at the title and being like, what do you think that's about? Yeah, he's, this next one is scary. <laughs> <laughs> he's in something called How to Buy a Baby. And I said we were going to talk about babies, but I guess we are going to talk about babies a little what bit. What <laughs> is that? What is that? Is I don't know. I I don't. If it's think a I reality show, I'm scared. I don't um, know. He's an actor. It's definitely not a reality show. Okay, but it reminds me of like <laughs> I don't know, like how to. I don't know. It sounds like a reality show to me, kind of like someone teaching you how to, to buy a baby. It sounds to me like it would be like a serious drama where it's about like a Canadian couple trying to like get an <clears throat> adopted child from like Bangladesh or something. Jesus Christ! I but, just had it, and I'm in a dark place, I guess. Right? Now. Well, I mean, how to buy a baby sounds dark, or it's like a ridiculous comedy, like Baby's right. Day Out or something. <laughs> Right. I also could see it as like some version of a Hallmark movie. Yes. For sure. Yes. And want to be, I would I want to believe it's that. Mm, but I feel like that Personally. could all, that could also be bad or it's like a lifetime where it's like they're, they're Oh no. Mis- it's like mischievously it's like a true crime. Fine. Yeah. They're like they're like cutting a baby out of somebody's stomach and like I mean, oh, that's not God. buying it. That's murdering someone and taking a baby. Yeah. But, like, anyway. But you so. can't, that can't be the title of it for Lifetime, though. It can't be, like, rip baby out of mother's <laughs> True. uterus. True. Movie. It has to be a little <laughs> like, bit more, like, leave a little bit more to the imagination, so. Indeed. Um, let's just leave it there. Yeah, let's not we? even find out what um, it is, because. It's better in our imaginations, whatever Yeah, it is. I think so. Um, then we have a character called Two, that's played by Melissa O'Neill, who's 27 when this episode aired. Um, mm. This I thought was interesting. She was the first female winner of Canadian Idol. Uh, I, I didn't know, exactly, know they did that. I didn't know what year that was, um, but seems like kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, I and then, truly didn't know they had that. Well, why wouldn't they have it? They have I'm not it in saying, like a billion countries. I know. I've just never heard of it. Well, they had it. <laughs> um, and from that, she then started doing musical theater stuff, which I thought you would find interesting. That is um, interesting. And then what from is her that... Name? Melissa O'Neill. Hmm. Yeah. And then from that, she transitioned into this show um, and a number of others. Wait, uh, which one is she? She's, she's like the captain lady. Yeah, she's the dark-haired lady. 
Yes, the one that okay. you kept calling Black Hair Lady. Yeah, Black That's Hair Lady. Her. Okay. Um, and now she's probably the one I think I would say maybe has done the best because now she's a series regular on The Rookie with uh, Nathan Fillion. I don't know what that is. Sounds great. Do you like Nathan Fillion? I do like Nathan Fillion, and because of it, I tried to watch the show, but it's like a cop drama, and I like. Can't well, that's what get Nathan Fillion that. does now, isn't it? I mean, he was on yeah, Castle, and. Huh. Well, no, Castle I can watch any day of the week because that's just like lighthearted crime procedural. The Rookie is like a like an actual cop drama about this older guy who goes back to be a police officer, and oh. like you know, like goes on serious house calls to like domestic violence situations and stuff and so I'm not into that show got it okay it's just not for me I'm not judging it I'm just saying it's not for me Um, well I wrote it so I'm offended so well first of all (laughs) if you're that successful what are you doing this dumbass podcast I know damn it gotta go I'm busy writing (laughs) gotta write an episode of the rookie (laughs) um next we have a character called three that's played by Anthony Lemke, who's 44 when this episode aired. You know what um, I will say? <laughs> what? If my memory was wiped, I'll tell you what I wouldn't name myself. I wouldn't name myself a number. I would be like, hey, I have the chance to rename myself something that I, whatever I want. And I would name myself something very fanciful, not like, a number. Like, like Cordelia or something? I'm just like something that like... I've always wanted to be named Heather, so, like, I'd probably rename myself Heather You've or something. you always wanted to be named Heather? Yeah, I love the name. Really? Yeah, when I was younger, like, I always loved the name Heather and Jennifer, huh. but Jennifer s- seems, like, a little, Played like, out, boring. No? <laughs> and Heather probably is, too, but I, le- yeah, I loved the name Heather. Wow, I did not know that about you, and to me oh, really? that seems like such an odd choice. Really? Because I, I mean, I don't think I fit the name. I don't think no. I. No, <laughs> well, that's maybe part. Maybe that's part of it. As I'm like, there are many. Because I think Heather's are cooler. Could be. Oh, uh. what? Like you're gonna? Okay, you're gonna do like the thing that they do on Friends when Chandler tries to change his name and he's like, I want to be Clint, and they're like, You're not cool enough to be Clint. You could be Gene. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not saying you're not cool enough to be a Heather because I don't think Heather is a cool name necessarily. Really? Hmm. Um, have you ever seen the movie Heathers? They're supposed to be pretty cool. I have. I know. <laughs> I just the other night was reminded of a name that to me is in the same like range somehow as Heather, which is the name Tracy. Do you remember that name? <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, of course I remember the name. I mean, people still are named Tracy, I think. But no, I think, I mean, listen, I don't think we have any listeners named Tracy because I don't personally know anyone named Tracy, so therefore I don't yeah. think we have that. But, no, Tracy is so much more trashier than Heather. I I know, but somehow I think of them in the same, like, mm. landscape somehow. And I yeah. don't know what what I mean by that. But Well, they're kind of I, like popular girl names. And, me, and like, ugh. Well, and also, Amy, they're popular girl names of people who are at least 10 years older than us. Really? Yeah. Yeah, those Hmm. names, like, that's why Heather's was an 80s movie, was because those girls... That was a popular name. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what it was. Maybe I knew a girl named Heather. I'm not sure what it was. I just always thought that name was so cool. Um, 
and I hated my name. Like, I thought my name was, like, really? lame. Yeah, I mean, wow. for, like, this was, like, uh, maybe hated is too strong word, but I thought my name was just, like, boring because it's, like, sure. what I knew. Yeah. Anyway, no, so I my mean, first thing, if my memory was wiped, was be to give myself a cool, a cooler name than a number. Yeah. Well, I'll say the reason why these guys have numbers is because that's the order that they woke up from their stasis pods. Oh, that sucks, too. Like... And they're so unoriginal. Like, that's... Okay, fine. If, like, at first you want to, like, start calling each other that, I guess, for, like, a day. But, like, then now you're... Then figure something out. Yeah, then make up a name. It's e- even easier, I think, than a number. Like, that's why... So do they, like, forget even that people have name? Like, I don't... I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they They forget doing. the concept of having a name? Yeah. Are they no, babies? Fact, <laughs> no, this is... Again, Amy, I don't know why you're trying to pitch this babies in space thing. Um, uh, actually, <laughs> I I write the rookie, so I'm also going to go write babies in space. Just give me a second. <laughs> um, but actually, in the pilot, they do find out at least the names and identities that they have. So they've, oh, by really? episode seven, they have still chosen to be called these numbers rather okay, than. Okay, I hate them. I hate them then. I hate okay. them. Okay, moving on. I hate them. Cool. Um, <laughs> so talking about Anthony Lemke, uh, who plays three. So Anthony has a name, and it's Anthony. Um, <clears throat> he apparently at one stage was doing acting while also attending McGill Law School, which is a big deal well, because damn. McGill is like the Harvard of Canada. Everybody always says that. So like, oh, that really? seems like a big deal. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I actually got into McGill. You know what? I was like, I feel like I was going to say, I w- <laughs> for some reason I was thinking that I did. And then I was like, that can't be right. If it's the, <laughs> the Harvard of Canada. I was like, I remember the, that name McGill. I feel like one of us, that makes more sense yeah. than it would have been I you. I applied to it, but because I wasn't a Canadian citizen. They didn't um, let you in? No, they, I was able to get into the school, but like I got no financial aid, of course, because oh. I wasn't a citizen. Would you but have gone there? I mean, I, it's in Montreal. It seems like it would have been cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, Anthony Lemke, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, then we have a character called Five, played by Jodelle Furland, who is 21. So she's the youngest out of everybody. Yeah, she's colorful hair girl. Yep. Um, uh-huh. And she uh, began as a child actor. Um, mm-hmm. and has, she probably has, she and Anthony Lemke, if I remember correctly, have like the most credits of anybody in this show. Um, and then it looks like she's doing pretty okay for herself. Like, so she's made the transition from child actor to adult actor, I think, mm-hmm. decently well. Then we have the character that is just called android like these are not creative people clearly like for god's sake or the writers of this show are just like assholes yeah um and that's played by an actor named zoe palmer who's 37 when this episode was released um i actually recognized her right away but i just wasn't sure from what exactly Mm -hmm. and it was a canadian show that i also watched for a while called lost girl that's about a vampire girl was Um, she the vampire girl no, she was like oh. the love interest of the vampire oh. girl. Or she I guess kind I of looks say, like she could play a vampire girl. I'm not gonna lie. No, she does. Um, 
No, she wasn't a vampire. She was a succubus, but it's effectively the same thing as a vampire. Um, nice. It's just more. It's just more misogynistic. No, it was just more like <laughs> mystical because like oh. she didn't. Doesn't suck- succubus literally mean like you suck the life out of men? Yes, it's like you suck the energy. That's what energy. I was going to say. It's more mystical because it's not oh. blood that you're taking. It's oh. energy from people. Hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> then we have the character named Sarah. The one one of two the one named characters. characters. Named, I thought for a second, I was like, is this why she picked this one? Because the only <laughs> person in this is named Sarah? I didn't know that until I watched. But when I did, I was like, great. That's a great name. Good choice. So <laughs> you've clearly, Okay, wait, really quick. You've never... Okay, I got to say, like, my name I would choose if yeah. I was in this world. Have Yeah. What would name would you choose slash have you ever, like, wanted another name? Because... Full disclosure, your name is very popular and was yes. very popular specifically in, like, in, in the, the time year I was you born. Were, yeah. And in the <laughs> yeah. time you were growing up, there were lots of Sarahs in our life and in our world. Right. right. Have you ever wanted another name? If so, what is it? Um, I don't recall ever wanting to have another name. May- really? I assume that maybe as a kid there were times when I probably vaguely thought, it would be cool to be something else. Um, no, I've never wanted another name. Hmm. And in fact, I've come to be very pleased with my name um, for the kind of the same reason why somebody might not be pleased with it, which is it's really simple. <laughs> Every yeah. culture has some variation on it. And yeah. so I've done a lot of traveling in my life. And so one of the nice things is that wherever I go, people can say my name without much fuss um, or explanation. And so that has, it just makes that feel easier somehow. Sure. Um, Because there's not this like level of like, people can't even say my name here. What now? You know? Yeah. Um, So I've always appreciated that about it. And then intriguingly, and I have thought this like now in like the more recent past, yeah, growing up, it was like there were a billion Sarahs around. Yeah. But as I've aged, it's not like I'm running into women named Sarah all the time. Yeah, because um, I feel like it's funny because I feel almost like the reason that I didn't like my name as much young as when I was younger is because there wasn't, I didn't know other Amys, so I sort of felt like, it sucked as a name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think Heather and Jennifer were popular names. Sure. I guess. They absolutely were. So I was like, well, why don't I get one of those ones that like, I don't know. But, but now as an adult, the fact that I don't know a billion Amy's, which I know there are a billion Amy's in the world and, it's, sure. and my name is yeah. not that like that exciting, but I, I don't really have many in my life. So it is something I do like about it that I'm, you know, it's not like, uh, we have to call everybody like. Mike B and Mike because right. <laughs> there's too yeah. many Mike. I mean, I remember there was a time in elementary school and then actually really through high school where there was a different Sarah W. So I could no longer just be Sarah W, which had been my moniker before yeah. this girl arrived. 
And then that I had bitch. to be Sarah. I had to be Sarah W A because and she was Sarah W E. And I was like, "This oh, is ridiculous." Because <laughs> like, they both were with an H. Because I thought at one point yeah. you were Sarah with an H because some people spelled it without an H. Right. That's no, just, like, we were too both much. Sarah with an H. So and then our last names both began with W. What were so your middle like, names? You should have all just gone by your middle names. Although I yours would have been awkward. I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, as an adult, like. I don't feel like I run across a lot of women named Sarah. I don't Mm. have a lot of, like, I don't know, even just acquaintances or, like, someone mentions, like, oh, this is my, like, sister-in-law. You know, like, it's just not there. And I don't know how that happened. Yeah, Because you're right. Like, it was, like, this top name. And and now I'm like, well, where did those women go? (laughs) They all, (laughs) they all disappeared. That's um, concerning. I hope I'm not on that list. Um, they're they're all literally missing people. We should probably that is terrifying. <laughs> oh my god! But no, I have never been unhappy. Interesting. Or, well, not okay. to imply that you were unhappy with your name, but like I've never had that particular line of thought. Yeah. So, but if you were to choose, fine. You've never. That's fine. If you were to choose any name for yourself, like under the sun, like what would it be? If you had your choice. That's tough. Mm. Uh, There's lots of names. I think I might go like in the line or what was there was. Oh, actually, you know, um, the name that I really like um, is Winifred. Um. Wow. Okay. That um, and is the reason not what I would have imagined. No, I don't think it suits me. But I like. I'm it not saying I, it doesn't suit you. I think maybe it wow. does. <laughs> um. No, I'll tell you the reason why I like this name, and it's it's not. There are other names like this, but I think Winifred in particular because like, it's got a good nickname, and you can like it has do different a lot of different. It. It has a lot of different variations of nicknames. So you can be Winifred. You can I be like Freddie. Freddie would be cute. You can be, be Freddie. Or you can be Wink, like our great aunt Wink, who was Winifred. Okay, I don't think that's like a normal nickname for it, though. I feel like that was like a specific, is that? I, any- I don't know. Anyway, yes, I like I like that about it, too. And the funny thing is, with the Freddie part, I like it because I was thinking, because now if I were to choose my name, I did say Heather, but now I think actually... That was, like, past me. I feel like if I could choose my name now, I would go with one that was a little bit more um, <laughs> sexless or, like... Oh, gender um, neutral. Gender neutral, yeah. So, like, a Kyle or, like, you know, something... Mm. Tyler, Taylor. Something that is, like... I mean, t- Taylor and Tyler are kind of overdone, but um, yeah. something that could be... I like Freddie a lot, actually. <laughs> Yeah, but, so I'm, but not the other Winifred. thing I like about a name of this nature is that on your, like, professional business card or whatever, you have, like, <laughs> the full long name, and then you have your nickname, which is, like, probably what most people would call you. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, because especially, you know, like, I'm a published author, um and so and so the so idea you can have of your having anonymity like when no, you're no not like, anonymity but that you have like your big boy name <laughs> your big girl <laughs> name 
Uh, and, and that goes on your publications and that goes on your like professional website and, you know, and all that stuff. Um, but then sure. you have like, I feel like there's cuter names like that do this. Yeah. I feel like there's a better name than Winifred though. Cause. Well, I also like the name Catherine for that reason, but Catherine is just so overdone that yeah. it's like too much. Well. Winifred, I mean, all I think when I hear Winifred is Winifred Sanderson from Hocus Pocus. So, like, that's tough for me. But Yeah, that's not really the vibe <laughs> I'm trying to put out. <laughs> but Personally. I get... But I get... But wait, isn't one of those witches also called Sarah? Yes. <laughs> so, so, well, then I guess it you're, is the vibe I'm putting out anyway. You're basically just a witch, so... <laughs> Well, yes, it is true that, like, any time a witch is depicted from, like, the 1600s, I'm like, and her name was Sarah, and then it just, yeah. ha- like, it just comes out, and you're like, yep, of course. So this naturally. lady in this show <laughs> named Sarah probably was a witch. She, well, she was living alone in the woods. She kind so. of looked like she was living in a witch's house. Like, I'm not yes, going to lie. Her house looked witchy. She was living witchy. in a witch's cabin in the middle of the woods. She was a witch. And yes. this actress has been in something called How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. Correct. What is happening in Canada? <laughs> I, they're buying babies. They're having they're buying orgies. Babies? Like, well, that's what? maybe where you get the baby is you go to the orgy. You go you, like, and a you buy do. it. Like a whoopsie-doo happens, and then you buy a baby that's from the orgy. Wow. But yeah, so just, though, to give her her credit where credit's due, that particular actor is called Natalie Brown. Natalie is a name I like as well, actually, just to say. Um, And (laughs) Natalie Brown, she was 42, and yes, she uh, was in something called How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. Yikes. And finally... The only non-Canadian in the bunch is playing a character called Wendy the Android, and that's played by Ruby Rose, who was 29 when this episode aired, and she is an Australian model slash actor, Um, and she's probably, in a sense, the most recognizable person that was on this show. I had to look Um, it up to make sure it was her because I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah, because this was like, so she uh, started out modeling, and then this was kind of as she was transitioning into acting. Was this um, before she was on is, Orange is the New Black? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, almost right before. Like, okay. happening maybe within a year of each other oh, okay. or something. Um, so she did this bit, and I actually thought she did a pretty good job. I thought... This, yeah, her character was pretty fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's now, like, it seemed to me, like, I remember when she was on Orange is the New Black, there was, like, all this buzz about her. Yeah. At, like, she blew up out of nowhere, kind of. And everyone was like, Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose. And I was like, I have never heard of this person. Me um, neither. And then she but was she on was the very show. attractive on that show. Oh, and she, like, I mean, she's beautiful. That's yeah. undeniable. And she has a great edgy haircut and everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah, I mean, she was like the perfect kind of... <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but like she was a perfect like kind of bait for like queer women. And that show was yeah, like... Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, isn't she like also somehow... And I don't know exactly what this phrase means so take it as you will wasn't she also like famous famously a lesbian or something like well I don't know if that's what her 
I don't know if that's like, I'm not sure if that's what her identifier is. is. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, obviously Orange is the New Black had a pretty like strong, like queer lady bent. For to sure. It. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think in the show, she was that was definitely like the vibe she put up. I actually can't remember much about her character, but I do know like she did make a big splash. Splash. Oh, well it says in her or, um or to use an archerism a sploosh in people's pants yeah so she came out as gay when she was 12 according to her yeah see that's what i thought there was like something weird and i feel like it shows even just how time has progressed from like 2015 or whatever when she was on orange is the new black to now where like a major component component of her blowing up was that she was gay yeah. Uh, and, oh, and, and then I, also, well, because I think, like, also she says, I mean, not that we get, need to get, she stated that modeling led her to discover androgyny and allowed her to model with different gender expressions. So now, I don't know if there's an update to her pronouns. I don't see that anywhere, but it seems like um, it says she's gender fluid. Oh, Okay. Or gender neutral. Anyway, but yes, she was famously, like, queer, I I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best encapsulation. Yeah. Um, And then what I was going to say is, like, so she blows up real big, and then I haven't heard about her since. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's kind of true of a lot of the people on Orange is the New Black, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which is a shame, because I like, so many of them. There are think, really good actors on that show, um, but they yeah, just I haven't think done anything also, with the same that had the same. Yeah, weight. the show I mean, was so buzzy, like that yeah. it just was like kind of a juggernaut that carried yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I will say again, like so, Ruby Rose probably is, it might also be considered one of the more successful of the bunch. Yeah, um, because she has a few things in production right now, and she's gone on. Like, I feel like she makes sort of. Um, no, I think she still does modeling and all that, which oh, probably certainly. is very lucrative. But like, I think I've seen her in like some actiony roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's as yet been like a lead in anything. Yeah. Um, but I think she's kind of around, and she yeah. certainly has stuff in production now. So maybe we will hear about her again sometime in the future. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she's been in John uh, Wick and stuff. Like, <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so to turn to the episode itself, um, this is kind of a, I don't know how we're, like an episode where not much ultimately happens, um, (laughs) where, so basically all either of us went in with is what was said in the previously on yeah, that helped me a little bit. bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no, without that, it would have been really hard to follow anything yeah. at all. Because the most important thing that the previously on tells us is that everyone that we're watching has woken up without their memory. And so yeah. that's really all we super need to know. Yeah. Um, and so we open up on five dreaming. And she's dreaming, and in the dream, she remembers... Uh, a code that is, so there's, and I know this from having watched the pilot, so there's, they wake up on the ship and they do a search of the ship and there's this one room that they can't open. Mm -hmm. It's like been locked and it needs a password. 
And mm-hmm. so she now, in this, at the beginning of this episode, she dreams and remembers the password. That's convenient. To the secret room. Yeah, there's something that, because I mean, I don't know, I assume at some point it's revealed, but Five has these, like, vaguely psychic powers. Um, oh. I'm not really sure what that's all about. So anyway, that happens. Then we cut to Two's quarters, and this was, like, really... I hated this scene. This scene made me mad. Kicking it up, um, <laughs> because uh, we're we're, like, watching... From the behind two, looking at one, and two is completely nude. Yeah. Or no, I think she starts in a a towel. towel. Yeah. And then she drops that towel right in front of two, or in in front of one, one who is a man, two is a woman. Again, that's implying gender normative feelings that maybe aren't fair, but nonetheless, um, it's like she's fully frontal nude in front of this That's man. That's not really, like, great to do to anyone without some type of consent, really, because... Well, and, like, this is, as far as I could tell, a work environment. It was inappropriate. And, it was inappropriate also, on all levels. Also, and, he, and he was clearly uncomfortable with it. Like, right. And also, I noticed in watching the pilot as well, none of their bedrooms seem to have doors. I hate space. I don't like, like that idea. <laughs> like, if I'm going anywhere where I'm, like, in a thing where I'm, like, dealing with a crew of people and we're, like, all going to be together, I want a fucking door. I, I want, want more than a door. I want a full-on, like, steel <laughs> trap. <laughs> like, I want, I want like, a full steel door that, like, locks and, like, sure. all the things. Yeah. Um, so she, they're talking about like day-to-day business things while she's nude and he's fully dressed and she's getting dressed in front of him. Yeah. And he, again, he's clearly uncomfortable. He's turned away from her, like to signal right. I, mean, I am uncomfortable. And I Although get he it, could have left, to be honest. I but. get it that, I mean, well, to me, it was pretty obvious that we were being told there's, like, sexual tension between these two characters. Okay, fine. Yeah, and we're supposed to, are ways... we supposed to believe they've already slept together at some point? No. Because oh. they that's the end of the show. Oh, well, I kind of got the vibe that they already had, but they were, like, in a weird, like, part of the relationship where they were, like, they had been like, oh, no, let's call this off. We can't do this N- because, Well, like... yeah, I don't know because I haven't seen the episodes between the pilot and this and to know for oh. sure, but... I the vibe I got was that he liked her. Yeah. She and she's dating knew it. someone else. Right. She or was dating, dating or they had just yeah, she and three had just been having something, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, something like and that. And I don't so know what liked three her. Is. <laughs> he's the one that's the bad guy that Sarah likes. That's mm. three. The one Oh who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So my take on this was like one likes two, two knows it, and is doing this nudity thing because she knows that he likes her, and it's like kind of a power play manipulation yes. thing. Agreed. And and while on the you know, and there's a lot of this, I feel like was what was also happening. There were big events around female nudity happening in Game of Thrones for much the same reason around the same time. Hmm. where it would be, like, this big deal because, like, 
a naked woman would be naked in front of a man, which you should assume is like, oh, she's vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. But then, in fact, it's being shot and written as like, no, the nudity is actually her power, and that because it's making this man turn to jelly or like feel uncomfortable or whatever thing is none of it's good is what i'm gonna say i i get it and i think there's a time and place where it is cool to like kind of turn that on its head sure yeah i'm not sure but like i'm not sure it does exactly what people want it to do and i'm not saying that um you can't do that you know, everybody can sure. do whatever they want sure. with their own body. That's fine. I did find on, if we could get into Game of Thrones, I did not watch that show very much, but I did find the nudity for women in that show made me uncomfortable yeah. Yeah, because sure. I felt it was written by men and yeah. made to turn men on and not for a right. power thing. That's right. the way I felt about it, but... Um, and you know, they were often, you know, the women that they showed as naked on that show were supposed to be, um, I'm just using what I think the show uses words, but they were supposed to be whores, you know, they weren't, yeah, yeah. but also it was main character women. I guess I didn't watch enough of that show. Oh yeah. I guess that, that Cersei girl was naked a lot too. Fine. Yeah. I don't know enough about that show to to judge. I just know that some of the naked scenes I saw on that show made me uncomfortable and maybe that's my own thing (laughs) I mean the thing is is I'm like it's fine like you can have sexual chemistry and you can have tension and you can have all this stuff like what is mostly concerning for me about this scene specifically Mm -hmm. is I'm like she's the captain because he's giving her a status report yeah and so that means she's his boss and even even if I somehow found myself someday in the future where I am the oh boss God. of my partner and I'm like the boss of someone I'm sleeping with, when I'm doing at the boss, office, yes, you're not when supposed I'm to be doing boss things. I'm not going to be nude in front of them. That's right. just me. like you're just like walking around nude, being like, "Did you get me those reports that you were supposed to get?" Like it's just weird and like. I suppose that probably does happen to some people. And if you have, also in this particular situation, they don't have like, they're not actually even partners. So it's like even more like not okay. That's the thing is like, she she is using the fact that he likes her to make him uncomfortable. And and she's confusing him. him. She's confusing him, you know, because at the end of the scene, like as you wrote here, he tries to kiss her and she's like, what are you doing? Like, right. that's not, that's not she's what this was. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, so all of this wraps up to one, we don't blame women and women's sexuality is great, but two, consent is important and women mm-hmm. can't be assholes either. Everybody's got to know about yeah. consent and, yeah. and do it. That's you, the rules. You have to, everybody, you, you have to not only know about consent, but you have to practice it and do it indeed and that's why before any encounter that involves the removal of clothing other than like I'm coming inside from outside and I'm wearing a jacket and I'm taking that jacket (laughs) off that's acceptable you don't need to ask anyone's permission about that 
Other than that, you must say, is it cool if I take this off in front of you? <laughs> that is just the rules. I'm sorry to say it. I know yeah. it's like, oh, everyone's so sensitive these days. Oh, it's no fun. But like, truly, just that's the rules. It's, I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah. Just keep I your mean, pants keep, on, people. <laughs> I keep my clothes on most of the time, even when oh. I'm alone. So it's like 99.99% of the time. <laughs> I am fully clothed, and that 0.01%, I'm in the shower. So, I was going like, to say, do you shower in a bathing suit? <laughs> no, but I, like, take my clothes off in the bathroom, and, like, you generally put a towel back on as I'm getting out. Like, so it's very little time where I'm just, like, sure, n- in the naked nude. in the air. <laughs> yeah. um, so then, okay, uh, we go to the cargo hold, which is where this secret room is. And everyone's there because now they're going to punch in this password to open the secret room. So they do that and they find a variety of different things in there. But two of the more interesting things that they find is two different ladies in a box. That's something you don't expect. You do not. I don't certainly expect. (laughs) If I found a freaking lady in a box somewhere, I would be terrified. Like, right now, because I've just, like, fully, officially, like, finished unpacking and organizing my new place. What if you found a lady in one of your boxes? Right. Like, or, like, I was thinking about, like, the storage space that I have where I've been able to, like, if you found a lady in a box in there, (laughs) no, I would be like, I need to move out immediately. Yeah. You'd be like, um, excuse me, who had this storage space before me? Because they are a literal murderer. They are a killer, and I need to get out of here. (laughs) Um, but they find these two women, one of whom, um, so they take one and she's a human woman in a stasis pod box. And so, and so that's the same, same kind of like box that this crew was in as well. So it's like meant to be for like long-term space travel. Yeah. So they bring that one to the like sick bay. Does that, does stasis mean that you don't age? Two? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And so, the, and that's important to this one because the android scans this lady and she reveals that um, this woman has a disease that's like a common disease on like mining planets. So this mining thing seems to be a theme because the pilot is also about miners and like all these uh, galactic business ventures all seem to be about mining. So that seems like a larger part of this backstory or like That's background story strange um and so this woman was clearly put in this stasis pod to try and kind of halt the progress of the disease that she has mm. um meanwhile while that's going on back in the cargo hold one has found this other woman in a box but now she's not in a box that's the same so she's not a human she's an android in a box um, so is that how androids come? They come like a delivery and like. I mean, you call up Amazon and ask I'm about them to about their Android delivery policy and what kind of packaging that I would you like can to know. get for that. I would like to know, um, but based on actually this story, I don't want an android. No, she is. I mean, I like the storyline, but it's like woof. I don't want that. Yeah. Um. So then. On the bridge, two is looking through, like, the ship's manifest, Mm -hmm. um, like, and she discovers 
that this second woman is an, known as an entertainment android. Um, Love that. Yeah. To- and before everything goes wrong, She's she great. seems really great at her job. Yeah. <laughs> Like really good at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the so cooking then, thing is seems clutch because it sounded yeah. like because part of his when you know we didn't really talk about what they were talking about in the naked scene, but part of his status report is like we also have like almost no food left. Oh, right. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that made some of her stuff really clutch. Yeah, <laughs> like, and also just like you're out in the midst of space and like eating the same. Space food, I don't think is good. No, I don't want to eat the same like bar of crap and like. Paste I think of I nothing. would be really, really skinny in space. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are based on shows. Yeah. Um, True. So they turn on the android, and she reveals to them that her name is Wendy, and she immediately says like that she knows how to cook and she'll do that. I did like how. Um, you know, since Ruby Rose is Australian, Wendy yeah. has an Australian accent, and they're like, "Why is she talking like that?" And, and they and they, she said, "He says, oh, it has something to do with the factory settings set to Aussie or something, right?" And they don't know what that is. And yeah. I'm like, "Okay, so then is this?" I actually now I'm realizing I'm like, so does that mean that this android is from like the past? <laughs> And yeah, they don't know what Australian accents are for a yeah, while. I don't. That's a good point. Unclear. Um, even but I if did she like is that. from the past, she seems very high tech to me. Yes. Um, so then we cut back to the sick bay, and they wake up the woman who's been in stasis, where she reveals that her name is the best name in the world, Sarah, um, <laughs> and she immediately recognizes three, and calls mm-hmm. him Marcus. Thank God, um, everybody get a goddamn name. Like it's it did crazy. help. It did <laughs> help did. me to know Same. a person's name. Same. Um, and so they're they're all like, "Well, we woke you up because we, we thought you might remember something about us. We still don't know anything about our whole jazz." And she's like, "I'm really sorry. I don't even remember being on this ship. I went into stasis on my home planet. I so I don't know anything." Um, traumatizing that poor woman. Yeah, her life sounds rough. Yeah. Um, so even though like, she's oh, probably a witch. Well, if she were, she wouldn't <laughs> die of this disease. That's right? true. Like that's true. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, <clears throat> then we cut back to the mess hall where, as we just discussed, Wendy has made a really good meal with very few rations, mm-hmm. and everyone is like really jazzed about it they're like oh man this is delicious and the android is also there and what is her reaction to watching everyone um i didn't i don't know much about androids but like i didn't think they really had human emotions but she's like jealous af yeah and it's immediately apparent because like, they're all like, oh, man, Wendy's so great at cooking. It's amazing. It's amazing. And she's like, well, I just, like, fixed all of the ship's systems and everything's <laughs> back to normal. And I was like, yeah, yeah, great. And you can tell she's wanting some kind of similar praise. And, like, yeah. simil- and, and fair like, enough. Like, yeah, it- and similarly enthusiastic praise, not just, yeah. like, great work, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if someone was like, oh, my God, you made this great dinner. And I was like, oh, well, you know, like, I just saved our lives. Um and people were like, yeah, yeah, who cares? I'd be like, okay, well, then 
F you, I'm going to go kill us all because you should care. Right. But I, I mean, right. similarly, I like food, so I'd probably have the same reaction as them. So Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that scene, like, the one who plays the emotionalist android really did that great of, like, yeah. it was obvious she was good. immediately that she was jealous. And I was like, I thought she was a good actress in general. Yeah, I was like, you don't think about how an android would emote, but <laughs> this is happening, and it's really well done. Yeah. Um, then we cut back to the sick bay, and we have one of my favorite things, a flashback, um, oh, where Sarah explains to Marcus, like, how they met and, like, what was going on. And it's very, this is very, like, prairie lifestyle yeah. stuff. Like, she's yeah. out in the woods in this witch's cabin. Um, I think she says that, like, her husband had died, like, the year before or of something. Course. And then Marcus shows up, like, wounded on her property. And she, like, drag literally drags him into the house. There's, like, a shot of her dragging him, like, this huge yeah. man in a bag or something. Um, and she drags him into her house. And then she, like, kind of nurses him back to health. Um, and so, and this story, we get like dribs and drabs for the next couple minutes of their story. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we cut back to like a gym practice area and <laughs> four is practicing with his weapons. And I will say this, like, um, this is in my handwritten notes. It says Asian guy with Asian weapons, blah. So... I forgot there was is, an Asian guy in this show, He doesn't to be really matter much to this story, which is why oh. I didn't include him in the okay. cast rundown. Um, but, like, and I thought this when I was watching the pilot as well. So this guy, um, now actually let me look at who this is. Um, doo, doo, doo. This is a, an actor called Alex Malari Jr., and he plays four. Um, and... I know this is based on a comic book, so it's, like, maybe not totally fair. But I'm like, why did you make the Asian guy be, like, the sword and martial arts guy? Like... Yeah. I mean, because it's just, like, (sighs) people are lazy. And that's, like, they want to see what they have always seen. Yeah. So that was a bit annoying to me. Yeah. And remains so. But anyway, he's uh, doing his practices and... um, Wendy comes in, I think maybe in the company of one, I can't remember, and four is very prickly to her and is like, I don't need you here, you kind of creep me out, like, not interested, and she's like, well, you know, your posture's off, and if I gave you a massage, you would do better at your knife play, um, and he's like, whatever, he's, but he still <laughs> allows her to massage him. Yeah. And then when she does, he's like, oh my God, this is great. And this was another like really well, this was shot really well because there are no doors in this place. So we see Wendy giving for a massage. And like I said, I think one is kind of standing to the side, but the way the camera is set up, we see that the door to the hall in that doorway is the Android watching this happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And she yeah. makes another face of, like, really? Come on. <laughs> She's yeah, I very she, angry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she was, like, ominously standing in the back. Yeah. Like, wasn't she yeah. kind of? 
Yeah, you're you were like, oh no, is this a real Dave from two thousand and one moment about to yeah. happen? She's getting angry at these people. Yeah. Um. Then we cut to one's quarters and we get a different scene where someone is undressing. And Good like God. And in this case, one is the one getting undressed, and he turns around to discover that Wendy is standing right behind him. And, uh, you know, I think that she seems, even though she's an android, because she's an entertainment android, she seems very attuned to, like, human behavior and expectations and things in a way that the android for the ship isn't. Yeah. Um, So she should know that walking up behind someone who's changing is not okay. Like, she should know that. That should be in her programming somewhere. (laughs) Um, But she starts saying, like, do you want to have fun with me? Let's have fun. And I was waiting. I was assuming right away that she was going to jump to sex. But she actually offers some other things before. What did she offer? I feel like it was like playing a board game, going on a walk. You know, like there were other things she was offering. But very quickly, she's like, well, I also know all this sex stuff if you want to do it. And one is immediately uncomfortable, and he's like, that doesn't seem right, I don't know. And then Wendy says, I mean, she does, I will say this is a very interestingly depicted and realized android, because her response is, sexuality is a natural human function, there's nothing that, like, you shouldn't be embarrassed by anything that you might say you want to me. Or that I might offer you, like, there's really no reason to feel weird about it. Yeah. And, and I do agree <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it is weird as well, because I'm like, but are you pressuring him to do this? <laughs> like, I, if, I know. I don't know. Well, and also, she also says, which I found interesting, is she mentioned she when he like hesitated she's like I can I can I have interchangeable parts yes so whatever parts you want kind of she says that and then she also says which I also thought was really interesting she can feel pleasure so if you know so that also changes like the ethical dynamics as well because if she couldn't then she really would be like a construction meant strictly for human use. Yeah. Right? Whereas this is like, no, she can actually get something out of it as well. Um, and then when she says that and he, he seems like, she's like, oh, that doesn't seem to be calming you down or anything. She's like, but don't worry. I can turn off my performance analytics, which means <laughs> she can judge how good he is at sex. That's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Um, but I, in that realm, I was like, oh, so if you got one of these androids, if you wanted, you could get it and be like, teach me how to do better at sex. Yeah. I mean, it's like, not a, not the worst thing you could learn. (laughs) Like, I mean, there are probably some other things you could learn first, but. I mean, also it makes me feel a lot better because this is probably one of the only where when we've talked about androids and like servants and like what things they've done in the past I'm like oh this is like the first time where I'm like oh yes you're like teaching a human how to have sex so that's like the human using you for a purpose but if you've also got 
like pleasure capabilities yourself okay like I, I guess it feels a little bit less creepy that yeah. way um, and especially if you're using it to get better at sex like to be with a human person rather than like I am using you to replace a human person because I can't yeah. like deal with human interaction like that mm-hmm. all seems a bit better to me somehow yeah um but needless to say uh one relents and they have sex um and some uh, amount of time later because there are no doors in this place oh, two walks by Two walks by one's room to see that Wendy is in there and they're both, like, getting dressed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, like, some tension there. Um, and then things start to shift quite a bit because <laughs> as Wendy is leaving Two's room, what happens? I don't remember. Something, you wrote something weird happens to her, but I don't remember what specifically. So she kind of, like pauses it looks like she has a glitch or something and then there's something weird that happens to her eyes okay and then she finds a gun oh yeah the gun thing and like picks it up and kind of smiles yeah okay okay and I was like whoa (laughs) what just happened (laughs) like something weird is about to happen um then one is continuing walking down the hall and this was your favorite scene where the android is now, like, what is she doing because of Wendy's presence? She (laughs) she starts talking, and she's speaking in an Australian accent, and the guy's like, two is she, who she's talking to? I forget. She's talking to one. Oh, God, I hate the stupid fucking numbers. Um, (laughs) She's talking to the white guy, and um, she's... Yeah, nerdy white guy. Nerdy white guy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um... She, not white guy with a scar who's a mean Not guy. Marcus, who we found out right. is like... Anyway, right. so she's speaking in an Australian accent. He's like, why are you talking like that? And then she switches to like all these different accents. Think, she does like an Irish one, I'm pretty sure. She does an Irish one. There. She does She does a Jamaican one. And she does like a sort of Russian one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I can't remember if there's another one in there. But... Um, just showing all the different like factory settings of accents she can do. And she was like, there's two dozen to choose from. And it was my favorite because um, I thought that actress, if that was really her doing all of that, she was very good at all those accents. And she like and switching through them, them very quickly. Yeah. But I also, what I also liked about this scene is like, I think the last one she does is the Jamaican one. And yeah. One immediately is like, definitely not that one. (laughs) Yeah, and then she switches back. I think she then switches back to Australian. Um, Um, And the other thing that I thought was like a nice touch is so then one walks past her and she like slowly zips up her turtleneck because she had like zipped it down a little bit to like, I guess, be like, quote unquote, more revealing like Wendy. And I was like, man, that is a nice like, attention to detail touch I really liked (laughs) that a lot I liked that Um, actress I liked her whole yeah no she did a great job yeah um then we catch back up with Marcus and Sarah they've now gone to Marcus's quarters 
and Sarah is talking to him because he doesn't really believe um, that he's a good man. He's like, I'm a tough outlaw, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, sure you are, but also, like, we go to another flashback where he basically hangs out, like, she cures him of whatever injury he originally had, and then he hangs out with her, and then he, like, I guess decided he was, he needed to leave because it's unclear exactly why, but, like, as he's trying to leave, she, like, falls to the floor and passes out. Yeah. Um... Their story and was annoying me. I'm gonna be honest. It's too it's like, very like, melodramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I but was because over it. she passes out, he decides to stay because she nursed him to health and like he's gonna take care of her. And so yeah. she's like, "You took care of me, so you're ac- you are a good person." Like, I don't know. And I'm kind of like maybe, but maybe he that was just like a good act. Maybe it's not like, and I don't mean an act like he was pretending. I mean like he did one good thing. And that's fine, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a good person. That's my take on it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, needless to say, back in the sick bay, and the android is researching Sarah's condition to see if there's any kind of treatments that she can do. And Five comes in and talks to the android about Wendy, and is basically like, "It seems like you really hate Wendy." And the android is trying to say, like, no, no, that's not true. And, like, Five is basically like, look, you both are important. You both are, like, serve a good function in the group. And Wendy's function is that she helps people relax and humans need to relax. And the android is like, well, I can do that. And Five is like, uh, not really. Not really. (laughs) Not like she can. don't. Yeah. Um, so then basically five is like, why don't you just like, you know, give Wendy a chance, like whatever. Um, meanwhile, Wendy is starting to act really, really strange. Um, two finds her in her quarters and Wendy's pretending that she's cleaning in there, but it, doesn't really seem like she is and then to distract from whatever she had been doing in two's room Wendy says like well you know I can tell you what one likes to do sexually if you want and (laughs) two was two's immediately like very flustered like what do you mean and she's like well there are all these indications that you are interested in him sexually Um, like, cause she said things I think about like her heart rate and her like eyes dilate and like these various things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this actually also like in, in a, in the pilot episode, the Android also says similar things that they can pick up on, like, you know, all of the various biological cues that our bodies do for lots of different things, not just like being attracted to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, Wendy's like, I can tell. And she was like, shut up. Get out of here. I, I'm not dealing with this right now. That would be the one part about like androids that would really be frustrating is I feel like they tend to blow up human spots pretty, yeah. pretty often. I think if I had like an android butler, um, you'd program I, it not to say shit. I'd, I'd, I'd say like, don't ever talk to me about my bodily functions. Like, <laughs> I don't want, like, you can notice them if you must. 
And if, and if something is going on where it looks like I'm developing some sort of actual medical condition, then you can bring it up with me. <laughs> but do not say things about, like, my pheromones or, like, my body odor or um, how you think I might like someone. I don't, none of that. I don't want any of that. Yeah. So just keep it to yourself, please. Um, meanwhile, uh, Sarah has collapsed again because she is still deeply ill. Like, and now yeah. the disease that she has has been progressing the whole time she's been out of stasis. Um, then we get to kind of like the big uh, climax of the episode. And the android is on the bridge. And Wendy finds her there, um, and the android is trying to apologize to her and is like, you know, I'm sorry that I was kind of so tough on you. Uh, we, like, I, I welcome you and I apologize for my behavior. Um, and I think she even, this I did like, there was a really good joke that she made and she was like, you know, it probably can't have been comfortable for you here and especially in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's a great that was good. joke. But it's true. Because Wendy's that outfit... outfit was not meant for functionality. No. It was pleather, and it was, yeah. no, yeah. It was pleather, and it had the sides cut out, so, like, her abs were showing. Yeah. And I think, like, I can't remember if it was, like, boots like high boots or if it was like also pleather pants but it was like something that didn't look very breathable is what I'll say yeah no it was not it did not look comfortable um so the android goes through this whole thing of apologizing and Wendy is basically like I don't care and then shoots the android right <laughs> in the not in the face but like in some in, in the, the shoulder or something yeah our shoulder um, I don't, I don't remember, but it's enough to totally take Android out of the picture for the rest of the episode. Um, meanwhile, most of the crew is in the mess hall eating all this de delicious food that Wendy has made, and then they get locked in there. Um, and when we cut back to the bridge, Wendy is now on, like, the shipwide intercom speaking in the voice of someone named Cyrus King. Yeah, and that she's, was weird. And she says that she has been put on the ship and has been programmed to take revenge on the crew of the ship because his unit, which is to say Cyrus King's unit, and I don't know yeah. unit of what, I'm not sure. Um, this is, like, revenge for them because this crew, I guess, killed all of them I guess um <laughs> that's at least what she says we okay. don't know anything about if that's true or what um and ironically the crew doesn't even know if it's true because if it's in the past they don't remember it that's a problem indeed and so really what we learn is that Wendy's actual programming the, her underlying reason for being there is that she was designed to kind of lull everyone into a sense of security so that mm -hmm. she could get to the bridge and program the ship to crash into the nearest star killing everyone that is uh she did it <laughs> i mean yeah she, she i mean she achieved her goal um, so when this is revealed, 
Marcus then puts Sarah back into her stasis pod and is like, I'll come, like, I'll check back in with you later. Um, and his job then is to try and draw Wendy out of the bridge, um, to distract her so that two and five can try and get the ship. Override st- it or something? Yeah, like, to stop the ship from going into the star. Yeah. Um, so then Wendy does, in fact, uh, kind of confront both Marcus and Six, um, and starts, and this, I would say, it was a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, good, there were some cool effects that were, like, playing on the fact that Wendy is an android. And I think there's even a part where, yeah, they lose gravity for a second, and so they, like, all float up to the ceiling, and uh-huh. that was kind of cool. Um, so that's going, and in the meantime, five and two are working to try and get the ship to stop going toward the star, but they can't do it. Um, so what they end up needing is that, I forget, I think it's six in the end who cuts off Wendy's head in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then five, and then two is like, okay, well bring me. Wendy's head I have an idea and I was like what idea could that be that's not great like yeah <laughs> I don't know what that could be um and so what two is looking for is she's like hooking uh Wendy's head to the ship and there's apparently some kind of code that's going to be in Wendy's recent memory that will be the code to undo this like autopilot situation mm-hmm. um so that's what they're doing but what I really liked is when Wendy's head gets like semi-reactivated by being hooked up to the ship then her body which is back in the hall with three and stick six like stands starts back fighting. up and starts <laughs> fighting again without a yeah. head I really liked that quite a lot um but in the end Two does find the code hidden in Wendy's memory. She uses it to, like, turn the ship off from its collision course with the star. As soon as she unplugs Wendy from the mainframe, her Wendy's body, like, drops to the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final little bit of the show is that we see the android is now in sick bay because... Yeah, I think you're right. She must have gotten shot right in the chest because she's, like, deactivated, lying on a bed, and they're, like, waiting to see. Because this they did briefly mention in the pilot, like, her, like, whatever materials she's made out of, which I don't Mm -hmm. know what they are, um, Mm -hmm. it has, like, regenerative properties, so it can, like, fix itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, we just have to kind of wait and see if this is damage that this it's it is designed to deal with, and yeah. it will fix itself, and it, and then it will revive, or if it's going to be too much. Um, in the meantime, back in the cargo hold, Marcus returns to find that. Um, so in this whole trying to hook Wendy to the ship and like save the ship, they lose power. For Mm -hmm. a certain amount of time, and that ultimately 
results in Sarah dying in her stasis pod because the power gets cut off. Yikes. Um, yeah. And then one feels very bad. He apologizes to Marcus because he's like, if I hadn't activated Wendy, like none of this would have happened. Right. And three, three slash Marcus is like, no, like you didn't program that Android to kill us all. Like you, and you couldn't have known. So, um, it's, it's no one's fault basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the final scene is now two has come to one's quarters and we're kind of back at the beginning where she's wanting a status update and there's like still continuing tension and then, actually, maybe they do have doors on this ship because then, if I remember correctly, like, the final scene is shot through, like, from the hall, looking into the doorway of one's room, at, looking at the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, smoldering eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember if maybe they kiss, but then, like, the door slides shut. And, uh, and so then I can't the final... My final note, as you see here, is like they have sex? Question mark. Probably. I mean, it's a <laughs> soap opera know. in the sky. It's a space opera, so probably. Um, that's. You know the thing with these shows, and actually TV movies in general, and I get it. <laughs> they oh create. <laughs> they create conflict and tension where a lot of times there needn't be any. Sure. Um, right. <laughs> based on, like, terrible decision-making or whatever. Yes, I and mean, that's that's, course, liter- yes. that's literally across the board all entertainment genres. <laughs> yes. And I get it. That's It's meant to, like, who wants to watch a show of people sitting around being happy? Nobody wants that. But, like, um, it, it, it this one was a little, like, okay, guys. Um and I know why they, you know, they had to kill Sarah. They had to kill Wendy because they, the whole show is basically just these other six people. Right. I mean, they didn't set it up so that this was going to be like a recurring new character arc like, yeah. of characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's then move to yawns and eye rolls where I think yeah. we'll really see what you think. <laughs> Of this thing. Uh, so for yawns, one yawn mm-hmm. being like, this was like scintillating. I couldn't take my eyes off it. That's one yawn. Kay. And ten yawns is like, mm, that's usually mine whenever I'm watching anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this one, like, I was real concerned when I saw the look of even like the like the poster of it i was like oh fuck um <laughs> and the, even the name of it dark matter seems very like sciency um yeah. but actually it this particular episode anyway wasn't that boring so i but it also wasn't scintillating by any stretch so i think i would say 5 like right down okay. the middle like eh sure yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed because I thought this might. I mean, I never seem to really know how you're going to react because I didn't expect you to hate the cell as much as you did. Okay, that was um, straight trash. But like, but I'm, yeah, that's better than I would have expected for a yeah, fully un- same. on spaceship. 
Yeah, it was fully on spaceship, but there wasn't too much, like, there wasn't too much um, spacey stuff happening. (laughs) Indeed. It was, yeah, this particular episode was much more character driven than it was the space part. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I would actually then jig it down a little bit more to give it a three. I thought this was pretty like, smooth going down and, like, Mm -hmm. decently interesting enough. There's Mm -hmm. always room for a bit of improvement, but... And really, the three is more about... We've seen androids go nuts before. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much usually what they're used for. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to turn against you at some point. Like, that's... Yeah. But I did think that the way... Again, I thought that the way Wendy was characterized was done really well. Like, even as she's about to get killed, she had this other really line, which was really good line, which I forgot to say, is like, so Marcus says to her, like, I thought you were programmed to serve human beings. And then she responds with, I find your view on female androids both antiquated and offensive. You know, like, so... (laughs) um, that There were some new kind of twists and yeah. things that were added that I enjoyed. So that's why I'm giving it a three rather than just a down the middle five. Mm-hmm. Um, for eye rolls, one eye roll is just like, mm, I don't know. Like I didn't, it's fine. It's as, <laughs> you know, it's in the mix of TV shows. Um, yeah. And 10 eye rolls is like, oh, I could, I really couldn't suspend my disbelief with this one. Hmm. I don't know. Like, that's hard. I don't think it was particularly eye-rolly to me, other than I really hate the numbers as names. I don't know why that just, like, does not work for me. Like, sure. I don't I don't compute, like, people's names as numbers. It just does not work for me. So I don't like – I did not like that. That's not really having to do with eye-rolls, but – Sure. Um, so <laughs> I might say, like, six. Okay. I didn't have, like, a oh, huge right. problem with it, but, like, I wasn't just, like, on board for it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I might just go three again because um, I thought it was pretty. Like, everything mostly worked, and I, was, I wasn't I yeah. was like, oh, this, like, pushes the limits. Yeah, there was what, nothing um, that was, like, totally out of the scope. I mean, it's really hard judging, like based on some other, like, wackadoodle shit that we've watched. Right. Yeah, the scale is ever-changing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so then, of course, final questions. Did you like this, and would you recommend it? Or I guess maybe a better way to say it would be, like, would you watch another episode of this? Oh, okay. Well, mm. Uh, did I like it? uh, mm, Like, eh. I would say not really yes, not really no, I guess. Okay. I, I wasn't, like, actively angry like I am sometimes. Um, That's good. <laughs> w- would I watch another episode? No, I have no desire. I okay. no. There's other shit that I would watch, like, over and over again before I would watch this again. Um, so, no, I wouldn't. And would I recommend it? Again, probably not, just because I don't tend <laughs> to recommend sci-fi to anybody. Um, it just wouldn't be. I would if I like came across this, I'd recommend it to you. <laughs> yeah, ah. I feel like that's like I feel like that's what I say. Like, would I recommend it? Yeah, sure, I'll recommend it to you who recommended it to me. But like, 
<laughs> would I recommend it to like another willing person? No. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I think I liked this. I think based on my experience with the pilot, I liked this episode better than I liked the pilot episode. Mm. Um, and I don't know, but I don't know if I care enough about either episode to want to, to watch go back more. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say that is unusual for me because most of the other times when we've done shows that are like, you know, your 45 to 55 minute show. Maybe it um, could be your next napping show. Uh, I don't know. It seems a little too high energy. For that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like what I mean to say is like for most other shows that we've watched that are in that time frame of like, cause it's just good to know like, oh, I, I want to watch a 45 minute show. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, I've watched more episodes of it and been willing, like even Farscape, I went through a little bit of a period of watching <laughs> more of those episodes, which surprised mm. me in various ways. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm like, eh, I don't feel a real yeah. pull to this. And I didn't feel um, anything for any of these characters. There was none of them that were lovable to me. Like even in some of well, those other shows, maybe there yeah. was like some characters that were interesting. I didn't find any of these guys to be per- to be personally like... If Ruby Rose was on it more, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> to if be the honest, androids, like, if the androids in this were more f- centrally part yes. of the story, I uh, think truly. I might be interested more, honestly, in whatever happened. Um, I would prefer yeah, an android-centric like, show in general, where the androids are yeah. the main characters and they have humans serving them. I think there actually might be a show kind of like that. I mean, not humans serving androids, but androids being a more central part of the storyline. I want to say it might be called humans or something, but there is, hmm. I'm pretty sure there is a thing like that because it seems like hmm. an obvious yeah. thing to do, Role which reversal. is like, let's show it from the perspective of yeah. the android and make them be the central characters rather yeah. than the human beings. Um, but yeah, so I would I guess I would say I might recommend it, but I don't think it would be like the first thing on the list. Like no. it would be like, "Oh, have you all like I would probably have to go through with Have you already who- seen everything else? All other content?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wouldn't then try I wouldn't this have out. to I wouldn't say everything else, but I probably <laughs> would start out with some other things and yeah. then be like, "Oh, like this might be like thing like 10 or 11 or something." Yeah. I might say yeah um because I do think like you know we didn't mention this because it didn't stand out as bad is like the production value is good the story's perfectly fine like it there's plenty there yeah um and it's I'm not like, like a badly done show it's just yeah like, it's more like I I as some as the one who likes sci-fi on this show I would mm-hmm. say it didn't speak to me mm-hmm. but somebody else might really end up loving it. And that's why sure. I could see myself recommending it as being like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't in my particular wheelhouse, but it's good yeah. and it's got these people and it's a kind of interesting premise and like, you know, yeah, do with it what you will. Yeah. Um, so as always, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Amy. <laughs> I am Sarah and we will see you all next week in space. Ooh. 
thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.